like it bothers me deeply that I I'm maybe I'm going to get emotional here, but it bothers me deeply that I've been deceived for so long, right? That how many hours of my life have been stolen because I had to go to sleep because I hadn't eaten enough food. Like how, how much of life did I miss? Hey friends, today I'm being coached again by my friends, Charlie Castle and Aaron Todd of the Intuitive Eating for Christian Women podcast. And let me just tell you, this intuitive eating thing is hard. Okay, it's also easy, but it's hard too, because I have spent decades, I would say most of my life, with a diet culture mentality, with dieting thinking, and it really the dieting thinking has morphed into health thinking. You guys, I love to research, I love to watch videos, I love to figure out this newest thing and figure out how this newest thing might help me. Oh, friends, it is hard to break free from all of this mental junk I've had around food for decades. It really is. And so Charlene and Aaron are trying to help me find a healthier relationship with food. Now, I used to think intuitive eating meant just eat whatever you want when you feel like it. But I'm recognizing now that there's more to it than that. And there's so many more attachments and kind of underlying issues that I have that it's just not as simple as just going back to how I would have eaten as a toddler had I never learned any other way. Okay, it's more complex than that. And so if you're struggling, understand that I get it. And if you need extra help, there's no shame in that at all. That's why I'm doing these calls because I need extra help too. So I pray that my call today will bless you and really encourage you that there is a better way to eat. There is a way to take some of what we know and have learned about what's healthy for our bodies and what feels good for our bodies, but also a way to reject all those lies that have kept us afraid of food for too long and really have kept us in bondage to food. Like we stay in food obsession when we're constantly struggling with what we're going to eat and what we can eat and what we're allowed to eat and all of those things. So I pray that you enjoy today show. And if you do, don't forget, we have a Patreon community to support the show. Go to compare slash podcast. You can learn all about the Patreon community. I'd be so blessed if you consider supporting the show in that way. We're going to have community meetings once a month. It's almost like free coaching. I mean, really, it's going to be awesome. So I hope you will join free content, all kinds of bonus things over there in the Patreon community. I hope you enjoy today's show. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey, good morning, ladies. Good morning, Heather. How are you? I'm good. So you guys ready to help me again today? Absolutely. Why don't you kind of catch us up about what's been going on since we last talked and where you're at? Yeah. So 
you know, I've been doing better on the mindless eating thing, I think until last night, which is ironic. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's something deeply psychological going on there, (laughs) but, but I was, it, it was better. It was progress for sure. And so I feel like that that's been really helpful, uh, just to be more aware what's going on there. And last night I laid in bed with a stomach ache <laughs> because, because of, of my mindless eating. Um, and, you know, and just remembering like, okay, it's okay. I don't need to feel guilt and shame over this. I'm just learning. Right. And I, unfortunately I've got the consequences of my learning. <laughs> so I laid there like, Ugh. I will say it just to put this out there. I, um, I was never bulimic because I couldn't throw up but I've had esophagus issues for the last decade that makes it super easy for me to throw up, like super easy. Um, and although I don't think I've used, used that like triggering that (laughs) I don't think I've used that in an unhealthy way. It's normally just like a very physiological response to I've eaten something. I can't swallow it. And so Mm -hmm. it's coming up. Mm -hmm. Um, last night I was tempted because I was like, I know I could throw this up. Like, I know I have that power now. And so I had a little mind game going on with like, no, no, you're not going to do that. (laughs) Um, And that's the first time I really, and, you know, I guess I've been, I've just been immersed in, in reading eating disorder stuff for the last, you know, couple of months. And, And that's the first time that I had been tempted in that way to where it was like a significant back and forth. Uh, you, you bring up a really good point too, that I just want to touch on here that as we educate about eating disorders and people learn more about eating disorders, sometimes you're teaching them mm-hmm. eating disorder behaviors. You're planting a seed for these things. So we have to be so careful with talking about it and how we talk about it. And maybe if you, even if you're educating to people that, you know, haven't had an, you know, aren't struggling with an eating disorder, still recognizing that that brought about that temptation for you. Right. And so I think when we're talking about it, we always need to be teaching how to work through that, right? Yeah. How to recognize lies, how to kind of process through those temptations. Yeah. What was kind of your, if, what was your headspace there? What was your thought process? you know, it may have been morality, right? Like, uh, I think that's wrong. Um, so I'm not going to do that. I I would love to say that my answer is, um, physical health, because Mm -hmm. I do know that like, I've done a a lot of damage to my esophagus because of my esophagus issues like Mm -hmm. that, because when you purge a lot, it, you know, it, it hurts your esophagus. Um, and even though I wasn't purging for weight loss reasons, just the number of times I've had to throw up just what was in my esophagus, I know it's hurt it. So I'd love to say that that was the reason, like, I just knew it wouldn't be good for me. So I would just, but now I think it was probably just like, Oh no, that's bad. I can't do that. And, and I say that cautiously, right? Because, Mm -hmm. but I, I also say that knowing that that's how a lot of my clients feel right? Uh They feel this like guilt and shame. I did something bad Mm -hmm. when they did that. And I, I think I realized even more, no, it was, it was really physiological last night. My stomach was really uncomfortable. Like Mm -hmm. I really wanted to just get rid of it because I knew that would Uh solve it. 
Yeah. So, so I say that with grace <laughs> for anyone listening yeah. that that purges because of that discomfort. Um, you know, I get it. Yeah, for sure. But, wow, that's really interesting. <laughs> that's not where we're going to go today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that always happens, right? Well, but but aside aside from that, so one thing that's just been in my head over and over again, and, and like the the light bulb going off, right? Or maybe like the I'm picturing that emoji, the mind blown emoji, because that's kind of how I feel right now. Mm-hmm. Um, this concept. So I finally finished the intuitive eating book. And I'm reading the Hayes book, uh, which is health at every size. And, um, and, and I've got anti-diet. I've got, uh, like, I've got this stack of books here, y'all. But this one is called Never Satisfied. And, and I think, I don't know if you've seen this or not. This is a fascinating book. It's like, it's from 1986. Okay. And it goes back to the Renaissance and it talks about like just all these concepts. So again, it's from 1986. It was written on a typewriter and it talks about like all these concepts from like the 1800s and it's stuff that people are doing and saying today that we think is new and cutting edge. And it's totally not. So it, that's been fascinating, but all this information coming in and my big aha has been, I think I've been chronically underfed. Yeah. I think, and I, you know, I did an episode last, um, I don't last fall, I guess about 1500 calories a day, not being enough. And it was really easy for me to sit there and be like, yeah, of course that's not enough. But if I think about my life, my life is the life of 1200 to 1500 calories, mm-hmm. you know, like that's it, except for the times when I quote unquote, wasn't watching it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then as I start to process further, I'm like, okay, well, this times when I wasn't quote unquote watching it, like that'd be vacation. I always felt really good on vacation. And I would have told you, I felt good because of the freedom, you know, to not be on the diet, to not have that pressure. But now I'm wondering if I felt good on vacation because I was actually eating enough. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and I mean, there's, there's some, some wiggle room in there, right? Like, because when I think you're, when you're in restriction mode and then you go on vacation, you go off the diet, you know, I probably went, you know, way too far to the, the pendulum swung way, (laughs) way far. Right. Mm -hmm. But I've had to take a nap every opportunity I could for, you know, 30 some years. Mm -hmm. Like I've always been tired and I would have blamed that on my thyroid, but my thyroid actually didn't start having issues until I was 40. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would have told you, you know, like that was just the way I was wired, you know, like I just, you know, my mom needed to take a nap, but guess who the other dieter in my family was my mom, you know? And, and so as I think through it, I'm just like, wow, is the truth. And, and I'll, I'll kind of fill out a little bit more of my eating, eating schedule to kind of make the nap thing, maybe even make more sense or, or maybe trigger some, the thought for you. I, um, too busy for breakfast. And I had mediator release, uh, testing, MRT testing done to like, tell me what I was sensitive to, I don't know, six or seven years ago. And, um, and that mediator release testing, like that kind of solidified the fact that breakfast was bad for me. Mm. Aside from all the IF stuff, I kind of paid attention to that kind of not, but I just, I was busy in the morning, not necessarily hungry in the morning. Um, and then my MRT test said that I had a problem with eggs and pork 
and um, and wheat and corn and dairy. And so like pretty much anything that falls in the breakfast food category. I, and I wasn't red. I wasn't, don't eat these foods. I was just yellow. Like you've got to be cautious around these foods. So it was like, okay, it's just easier for me not to eat breakfast. And then I get to like maybe 11, 1130. And now we eat dinner early, just kind of to further fill out the picture. We eat dinner at five o'clock because I kid activities. And most of the time I, I might have something as a snack at seven, but not regularly, especially not if I'm the one driving the kid around and maybe a, a bar or something like that. But, but there's not like a, a 300 calorie or more meal happening again after five o'clock. Um, and so I make it to like 11, 1130 and then I'm, I'm starving, right? Like at that point, I'm just really hungry, hangry, a little angry. Like I have to have something now and like, God forbid some, there's something going on where I can't eat right then because then it just, it gets really worse. Like it just escalates quickly and I'm eating all the things, but also eating only the things that are safe. Right. So I'm eating my like gluten-free almond crackers and, you know, my berries and like whatever I can find that's bars, right? Like anything safe. And then I make my smoothie because that's the only safe thing I can figure out to have. Mm -hmm. And I have that smoothie. Let's say it's 1145. Let's say it's noon now. And by 1230, I am, I'm done. I'm just exhausted. And I have to lay down one o'clock lay down. And I mean, sometimes like it's, it's fluctuated, but there's been times where I needed like an hour or an hour and a half of sleep. And I'm a 10 hour, 11 hour night sleeper. Okay. So this is not like a, a deficit at nighttime. <laughs> it was, I was just done. And so it has, it has been mind blowing to watch so the last year or so. I haven't been doing that. I've been trying to eat more foods and I still, I have still the smoothie problem, which I think we should talk about in some session, but, but I've been trying to eat more, trying to eat earlier. Um, and I haven't needed a nap and I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> are those things connected? So talk to me, what's going on? <laughs> so what do you need me for, Heather? You've already <laughs> put this together. <laughs> well, I mean, is that, is that, I don't want to yeah. say normal, but like, is that, is that a reasonable explanation? Oh, for sure. I think it's so awesome when you start like experimenting, right? That's basically what's been happening here is you're kind of running this experiment of, eating breakfast, eating more foods, allowing more foods, and you're taking notice of how it's impacting your life, your body, how you feel. Absolutely, you're going to be very tired if you're underfed. I'm even just thinking about the simple insulin response. Mm. If you haven't eaten anything since 5 p.m. all night, you don't eat breakfast, you're not eating anything until 11.45 noon, your blood sugar is probably pretty darn low. Mm -hmm. And then you're having this like hangry, I'm going to eat all this, all these things, right? Which a binge when you're avoiding unsafe foods can be like even crazier because mm -hmm. you're like, like this is often like how you really can recognize a problem. Like from my own experience, like an apple and peanut butter was a safe snack. Uh -huh. so I would find myself eating like six apples and peanut butter. Uh -huh. like yeah. That's not normal at all. Right. 
but so you're you're eating the berries and the crackers and the smoothie and your insulin your blood sugar is going whoop mm-hmm. and then probably coming right back down and you've got to take a nap yeah yeah hey hey there friend Have you read The Burden of Better yet? The Burden of Better is my book that's all about comparison, but really it's about how to let go of all of the ideals you have driving the way you think you should look, the way you think your family should be, the way you think your home should be, all the things. If you are looking for someone to take the pressure off and show you a new way to live, in Christ, a life filled with grace and not comparison, then you want to read The Burden of Better. So snag a copy today, Amazon, ChristianBook.com, Walmart.com, wherever you get your Christian books, grab a copy or download the Kindle copy. And guess what? At the end of this month and at the end of March and at the end of April, we're going to go through the book together. So grab a copy today so you'll be ready for our little virtual podcast book club. Friends, I think this book can change your life. I know so many of you have read Compared to Who, and I'm grateful for that. And it blesses me so much to hear how Compared to Who has worked in your life. But friends, let me tell you, the burden of better will touch you maybe even more than compared to who did. So check it out today. And how did, how, how'd you feel when you woke up from the naps? Hungry, hungry. Hungry. I always would wake up hungry every time. Like I'm so hungry right now. And I just, I don't know. I guess I just I went biblical, like, well, that's what Elijah needed, like a nap and food. So I guess that's what I need. I don't know, (laughs) but, but that's just, you know, like I didn't really connect the fact that I hadn't eaten all morning and, and that it bothers me like deeply, like, I'm like, it bothers me deeply that I I'm maybe I'm going to get emotional here, but it bothers me deeply that I've been deceived for so long. Right? That how many hours of my life have been stolen because I had to go to sleep because I hadn't eaten enough food. Like how how much of life did I miss? And and I'm not talking about like the baby days like that. Not, I'm not talking about that. Like I'm talking about college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like I, you know, I tried to, I was low fat in college, and I think we talked about that before. Um, or I talked about it on a different show, you know, so I was low fat in college because that's what people did. And so I'd have my like, uh, turkey on a bagel, but I pretty, I was always counting calories. And so I, you know, I pretty much straight up, like we tried to stay around 1200 because I wanted to weigh 120 pounds. I didn't weigh that, but that's what I was told is that you just lop the zero off and that's how many calories you eat. And that's, that's the formula to getting there. Mm-hmm. And and it, it just, it bothers me deeply that I've mm-hmm. been deceived for this long. And then it also, but still there's a wrestling match. And I say this out loud because I know someone else is thinking it. It's a wrestling match to believe that I could need that 2000 calories, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, or more. or more, right? Like I've been taught, you read that label and you adjust, you think this is for a six foot tall man, not for me. So I have to like take off, you know, whatever, 500, 700 calories from the daily allowance. Like, I don't know 
who taught me that, but somewhere I was taught that and I accepted that. And, and, you know, it, it, it's just, it, it kind of makes me mad. <laughs> right? Yeah. It should. I'm, yeah. Yeah. It should. If and lied to. Right. Righteous anger. Right. Indignation. Totally. Yeah. This is making me think of the Minnesota starvation study, Mm -hmm. Char, because Mm -hmm. like that, I think that was post-war, right? So maybe in the 30s or 40s, like the information of that amount of low calories being enough to send you to crazy town has been in science for decades and decades and decades. And why do we not know about this? Yeah, I, I have the book open to that page. I read that this morning. Yeah. You know, the other thing that's that I have to just confess, because this is going to resonate with someone like I, I loved food network. Like I watched food network religiously and the last year I haven't really cared about food network Mm -hmm. and it bothers me that that's right because I have a strong like feeling about food network. Like I really like all the shows and all the people Uh there, but I haven't cared two bits about watch. Like we got, we got a deal on, we don't have cable that we got like this deal. I got discovery plus for a, a buck a month. And, and so I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to have all the food channels over Christmas. I love watching the food channels over Christmas. I didn't even watch, like, I love the Christmas baking, the holiday baking. I didn't watch a full episode of anything. I just didn't care. And I was like, this is weird. I love that show. Why don't I want to watch that show? But before this, every Saturday morning, I watched the shows while I was doing laundry. Every free chance I had while I was making dinner, I would watch the shows. And it bothers me. <laughs> that's right. And like you said, Aaron, that that's been in history for 40s. So like we're almost 80 years. Right? Yeah. Ah. Yes. And why aren't we talking about it? Right. Yeah. So I want to go back to the calories thing. Yeah. So I'm sure from years of counting calories, there's some foods, meals, whatever that like you just know, right? Mm. You that's just like ingrained in your head. Yeah. But are you still looking at nutrition facts? Are you still paying attention to calories? Sometimes and sometimes not. Um, so I think I am from, but from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. So there's this kind of bar that I love and they don't make them anymore. They're called like this bar saves lives and you can't get them anymore. And they're like super expensive now, but there's a chocolate cherry one and I love it. But I, I looked at it just the other day because I hadn't, I hadn't, I don't remember what I had not lunch or if I knew I was going to be gone all afternoon or something. And I looked at it to see how many calories am I really going to get when I eat this? in in a couple hours when I'm hungry. And it was only 150, which surprised me Mm -hmm. because a lot of the protein kind of bars we have are 200 or 250. And so I, I made the mental note of this isn't enough. Mm-hmm. Like this, so I would actually need to eat two of these in order to make it through like the time I was going to be away or, or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yes, from that perspective, but like, I, I don't, I don't feel like I'm doing it like I used to, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. certainly not with restaurants or anything mm-hmm. like that. I'm, I'm trying to focus more on hunger and fullness. Um, and you know, and just, but, but I, I did look at it from, from the perspective of, will this be enough for me? Yeah. 
So now that you've been listening more to your hunger and fullness and eating, you know, doing really doing like some self-care and some planning eating by eating in the morning, if you weren't hungry in the morning, um, now that you're kind of doing these things and maybe you are fed, mm. like, what are you noticing? What's different? Um, well, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a strange thing for me to sit down and eat breakfast. Mm-hmm. So like our, and, and even before, if I would have like woken up hungry for some, some reason and like just grabbed a bar or something with my coffee, I would have had that in front of my computer while I was working. And so I've tried to be really intentional. Like I'm going to sit down and eat breakfast, but like my family has eaten breakfast together Saturday mornings, like always that's like, we have a Saturday morning breakfast thing. My husband makes breakfast and like, they never set a place for me. Like mom doesn't eat breakfast. Like everyone knows. <laughs> that right and even you know even over the years they go out for breakfast and I wouldn't go you know or if I went like mom was just gonna have coffee um and so it's it's been it's been funny to be like oh well this is kind of nice just to you know I hate to use the word normal but I feel like that's like the cry of most of like people I talk to their heart is I just want to be normal and instead I feel like I have to be special, like on the special bus, because I have this food issue and this food issue and this food issue and all, you know, all these things. So I've got to do, I got to do things differently. Um, and it's like, Oh, can I just relax and be normal? Is that really okay? That's been, that's been unique. Thank you for listening to this episode. That is part of the spark media network that can now be heard on the edify app. Uh, my kids, I bought them. Sounds like so. Go say that again, sure. More family time, right? Well, <laughs> you know, but it it there's still there's still some mental gymnastics. So, like, I bought my kids these French toast sticks from mm-hmm. Sam's Club that you just like they put them in the air fryer. Oh yeah, and they smell really good. Mm-hmm. And I can't go there yet. Like I just okay. I can't. Like that's, I'm like, mm, no, that's not mommy food, <laughs> you know? So like, so I know that I'm still wrestling food police and, you know, rules a little bit there, mm-hmm. but for me just to eat eggs, because I have had such a esophagus reaction to eggs of like, sometimes eggs will just choke me one bite and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm done. Um, and, and, you know, and still I was at, I was at a conference this weekend and I, I was stressed because I was in charge and they put breakfast in front of me and I took one bite of the egg and I was like, I'm not going to be able to swallow if I have a second bite. So mm-hmm. couldn't eat it. Um, but then, you know, this morning I sat down and had my eggs, no problem. So, um, so there's still some, some issues I'm wrestling there, but overall, I guess to answer your question, like it, it, it feels strange and good. Mm-hmm. To be like, oh, like I can just be normal with food. Like, hmm. <laughs> you know, is this really okay? Yeah. But, um, but yeah. I, That's yeah. a quality of life improvement massively. Like right. just the amount of time that is saved and not putting the focus and the energy there. 
the amount of life you got back from not watching all the Food Network shows. (laughs) Because it's just like it makes space for other things. And that's, I mean, you can't really measure that, but it's definitely a quality of life improvement. Yeah. It's exciting. And I really want to call out like, I hear you that like you're, you're trying some things, but some things still don't feel safe. And like that takes a lot of awareness and like intentionality on your part to keep it moving forward at a pace that works for you. Like you're in your window of tolerance. If you go to the French toast sticks, maybe that sends you over the edge and maybe you backslide and it gets messier. So like you're going really um, like slowly and like just with kindness, which is just really, um, really wise and beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. Well, so if we have just another minute, let's go to smoothies for a second. And I might be opening a can that cannot be closed in, in like seven minutes. But so the other thing I, I think I figured out yesterday or, you know, just over the past weeks, but yesterday it kind of came in clear to me because I kind of, so I, I'd been smoothie dependent. Let me define that. Um, smoothies were safe. Mm-hmm. And I love my protein powder. I use Dr. Axe multi-collagen chocolate protein powder, and it tastes like a McDonald's chocolate milkshake to me. Like I love that protein powder. And, and I've, you know, I, I, I did, I used it with more restriction years ago, but the last, I don't know, two years or so, like I put cherries or strawberries in it and I don't count them. Like I put enough. So it tastes good. Um, I put peanut butter in it. Sometimes I, you know, I'll put spinach in, but not enough to make it green. Um, I put, I add cocoa powder to it because it's not chocolatey enough for me, you know? So, so I make a smoothie that I enjoy. Like I like, I do like the taste of it, Mm -hmm. but I'm not eating. Mm-hmm. I'm not chewing. And I would say over the last six months, I've gotten a place where I'm like, I just, I need to chew. Like I know, and feeling a little bit like I should have my smoothie. I should get my collagen and my protein, you know, that are like organic and all those things. Like I should do that, but I really need to chew something. And then I do have a little food police battle. Like, but if I chew that, that's not as healthy for me as that. And, but, but then recognizing that if I don't stop and chew and make myself something that needs to be chewed, I'm going to be chewing all afternoon <laughs> to find the satisfaction yeah. that I missed in just drinking a smoothie. But yesterday I just, I, I legit, I could not figure out what to eat. And I had a meeting that I was going to have to like go out of the house for at um, a two. And I had had a decent breakfast. So I wasn't really hungry until like 1230 or one, but I was like, I have to eat something before I go. And I couldn't figure anything out. So I made myself a smoothie and I was, I was ravenous the rest of the day. I was tired and I was, and, but I couldn't, I was like out doing things. I had to keep going. I couldn't stop and take my nap, but I was like, what in the world have I been doing with my smoothies? And then there is an influencer on Instagram. Actually, I've seen this twice in the last month, people showing their like green smoothies and showing how they have to take three beverages with them in the morning. And that's totally me. 
totally the three beverage girl. You know, I've got my smoothie, I've got my coffee and I've got my water. I cannot leave home without my water. And if I'm going somewhere first thing in the morning, I'm going to have my coffee and, and it, you know, I, if it was going to be gone a while, then I would take my smoothie too. So anyway, all this to say, I'm starting to have a little bit of smoothie crisis. Like what is going on? Why was I so smoothie dependent? What, like, what is that? And it's not just me, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, not at all. And I mean, I think that you, you have explained it kind of already that it was a safe food. Mm. It was, it's something that you view as healthy. Um, it's, it's one of those things that like, okay, I know I can make this and there's not going to be guilt and they're like, this is safe. This is good. But kind of your experience, what you're seeing is, oh, actually like you're, you're, you're saying this isn't satisfying me because I, I want to chew something. Mm -hmm. And then you're also saying this isn't satisfying me because you're recognizing I was so hungry and tired and grumpy the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. So maybe the smoothie as a meal replacement isn't serving you. Mm -hmm. I want to throw another layer of safety on that. It is a should. It is mm -hmm. a morally acceptable choice. It is a status symbol, right? depending on who you're talking to. So mm -hmm. you're feeling safe and that you made the quote healthy choice. And then it's also socially acceptable. So if you've got any people pleasing in there. <laughs> well, I, I'm feeling so bad right now because I remember this is, it's may have been eight or nine years ago. I remember a younger woman in our church was just like, Ooh, I can't do that. I can't drink the smoothies. And I was like, Oh, just you wait, wait until you get to be 40. Then you're going to drink smoothies because that's like, and I'm so embarrassed that I said that to her right now. So if you're listening, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry for that, but it was definitely like a, a moral superiority. Like mm -hmm. I know so much more about nutrition and health. And I understand that once you get to a certain age as a woman, you have to drink these things. Yeah, poppycock. <laughs> I don't know, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's just get practical, right? Like if you're recognizing the smoothie thing isn't serving you, we don't have to throw the whole thing out, right? Like we can still recognize like there's some good protein in there. You're adding fruits and vegetables. Like there's good nutrition in that smoothie. So what can we add? If you're wanting to chew something, and you like the nutrition the smoothie provides, like what can you have along with your smoothie? Mm. You know, I, I mean, my, my, you know, I could have some nuts or something chewy like that. Mm. I think, I think one of the other aspects to my struggle with the smoothie is it, it being cold. And I feel like I've been noticing that it's, it's winter, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I've, and it's not super cold here in Austin, but still just your, your body's in that mental, that winter mindset. I'm like, I want something warm. Okay. I don't, I don't want a cold smoothie. I yeah. want something warm and yeah, go, go ahead. Sure. Well, so it's sounding like really the smoothie isn't serving you in any way, except that it, you're checking a should box. Right. Right. And this, in this season, maybe mm -hmm. not. No, I've thought, okay, maybe that would be a good snack in the afternoon. 
Mm-hmm. Um, especially like, because I'm still, you know, my snack in the afternoon is happening while I'm working. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, there's a mindless time. <laughs> right. Um, and so maybe that, maybe that's a time to just, you know, sit here working, sipping on the smoothie. Um, but yeah, I think as a meal, it probably needs to go. It's not a meal okay. for me. Okay. So what comes up for you when you think about that? Do you have ideas of what sounds good, what you would replace it with? Yeah, I, that's hard, right? Yeah. I'm, that's really hard. And and I was at the store yesterday and I was looking around. And I'm like, there's all these foods and I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to have for lunch tomorrow. <laughs> you know, like I, I don't even know what to buy. Like I buy a rotisserie chicken every week and that sure. like gets me a couple days of uh-huh. like, okay, I know I can eat chicken and I'll put it on a salad or, you know, or just have chicken with like barbecue sauce or something like that. But not super, like not satisfying necessarily. It's just, it's safe. Um, so yeah, I, that's a struggle. Okay. So if, if you're craving kind of like you're wanting something warm, right, it's winter and you're thinking about, I want to get a good amount of protein and I'd like to get some veggies. I like this to be nutritious. Like what about a super stew mm, yeah. kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. I mean, that's like, you know, that's the kind of thing I make for dinner a lot. Yeah. So, um, and if there's leftovers, I'm, I'm golden. <laughs> we, have, we have a lot of kids yeah. <laughs> so there's the most leftovers <laughs> and I make a ton. <laughs> yeah. Do you eat the leftovers for lunch sometimes? If, if my son has not eaten them first, yes. Okay. Uh, we sometimes have to arm wrestle yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the leftovers. And then my mom's heart, I'm like, well, you should have them because that's healthy for you. You need to yeah. eat that. <laughs> so, um. <laughs> um, what about like Instapot, crock pot, mm-hmm. something with just lunch in mind? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. I've never done that. And I probably would tell you, well, it's just, I don't have the time, but I really, I don't have the time not to either. Right. Cause if it's already in the, I don't know if, if it's just me, but like, if I have dinner in the instant pot in the morning, like I feel this sense of freedom and joy, like this unexplicable freedom and joy. Uh, it's like, what in the world is this sense of the, like, wow, this is the most amazing feeling ever. And all I do is I have dinner done by 8am. And so I think maybe if lunch was in that category too, I'd double the joy. Right. I mean, I have a crock pot and an instant pot, <laughs> so yeah. I could double dose it, but yeah, no, that, that's, that's like a, a good call. Yeah, a good I'm call. thinking of like, you know, maybe like, can it cook in the crock pot overnight? Mm. Um, or, you know, can you do an Instapot lunch yeah. if you're doing a crock pot dinner? And if yeah. you're making like, you, I would think you would only have to do this one day a week, like yeah. one meal for lunch because yeah. it's mm-hmm. just a lunch meal. Yeah. That might help. Yeah. That's a good idea. idea. That's a good idea. Yeah. Cause that's meeting your need that the smoothie was of, I need something that's accessible, not too difficult. I don't really have to think about it. Like all of these, like this is like a substitution of those characteristics of that. So it would kind of fit into your existing structure. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay, well, we're out of time for this one, but thank you all. I appreciate your help. And where can everyone connect with you guys? Oh, thank you. Well, we're at intuitiveeatingforchristianwomen.com. And they can listen to your show, the Intuitive Eating for Christian Women show, wherever podcasts are heard. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Compared to Who show today. I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. Compared to Who is proud to be part of the Spark Media Network and proud to be on the Edify podcast app. If you haven't checked out the Edify app yet, I want you to download that maybe today in your Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. Get the Edify app for a great podcast to encourage you all day long. And hey, if this show blessed you... I would be super blessed by your five-star review. If you don't know how to leave a review for the show, wherever you're listening, go to compared to who.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and I have some directions right there. Hey, friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah. It's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. I'm Dr. Lauren DeVille, a practicing naturopathic physician in Tucson, Arizona. In my podcast, Christian Natural Health, my guests and I discuss topics ranging from nutrition, sleep, hormone balancing, and exercise to specific health concerns like hair loss, anxiety, and hypothyroidism. I'll also interweave biblical principles as they apply throughout the podcast because true health is body, mind, and spirit. Listen to Christian Natural Health for free at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcast platform.